Good evening, and thank you for joining us for another episode of The Divination Table. Tonight, our special guest is Elizabeth Ruth. She's a practicing Vaudouisant, witch, root worker, and diviner. She spent vacations of her youth 
with her paternal grandmother and family in Alabama, where she learned about spirituality, folk music, superstitions, and the customs of the American South. She uses her talents and gifts to assist clients internationally with spiritual issues using divination and hoodoo and conjure. As a diviner, she uses playing cards, tarot, Lenormand, and Kendall divination, and also teaches introductory hoodoo and playing card divination courses online. Let's bring on Elizabeth. Hey, Hello, Michael. Can you hear me loud and clear? I sure can. Can you hear me loud and clear? <laughs> yeah, when you came on, I thought you were talking to me. I thought you'd already done the intro. I'm like, hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like you to hear what I say about you, you know? Yeah, that would be a good idea. I was wondering about that. <laughs> I pull no punches. I don't, you know, hold anything back. <laughs> well, so thank how you, are you so doing? much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Oh, uh, you know, I was looking forward to having you on. You know, I think it's going to be a, a great day. I think we'll have a lot of fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've already got a great few people in the chat room. You know, Adriana Roman and Owen Ballard is in the house. Yes, Adriana is part of my witch circle here in Columbus. Oh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, you know, I moved here from Chicago. And so after interning for the voodoo store for a couple of years, I'd made uh, quite a few friends in the spiritual and magical communities in Chicago. And so when I got here... I found there were a lot of resources. I found there were a lot of stores. We had an apothecary. You know, it wasn't hard to get the things I needed to do my workings. And then I started wondering, I'm like, well, if they've got all these stores here, they've got people to support them. And I know there got to be some black folks. So I put the word out that I was starting an Ohio witch circle. And uh, the Magical Druid sponsored our first meeting. Seamus, he's really a cool dude here who owns a store, an occult store here in Columbus. And we had, a, we had about 10 people at the first meeting. Then at the second meeting, which was at my home, we probably had more than 20 people here. Like People were having a hard time finding a place to sit. And it's been that way ever since. It's mostly women, although we're open to male witches. We just haven't you know, had any come to the meetings. We have a few in our group. We try to um, do uh, broadcasts when we have meetings. We do that in our private group so that they can see whatever we're talking about. If we're teaching things about spell casting or, you know, setting lights or like this month um, is my birthday party and we're going to be doing birthday. sigils. <laughs> You're 29 saying, again, right? Say that again. You're 29 again, right? Yes, 29 plus 20. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 29 to the second power. <laughs> so, yeah, so this month I told them, you know, if they want to bring a canvas, if they want to bring a notebook, whatever, we're going to talk about creating uh, sigils this month. So, you know, those are um, young witches. They're not necessarily in ATRs. When I say young, I mean, like, as far as practice is concerned, that's most of them. And that's why I don't call it a coven, um, because I feel like, you know, coven's a group of experience, which is each bringing their own individual skills to the table. Um, yes. And, you know, and, and so, yeah, so, you know, I've met quite a few women and they come here and we hang out. And it was funny because I asked Shadow, I said, well, when's the last time we've had a non-witch visitor outside of my daughter's boyfriend? And she couldn't recall. <laughs> so it's it's quite on and popping here in Columbus. It really is. 
Well, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I hear you've got a lot of teaching things that you do. You do um, Voodoo 201. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, well, the, the prerequisite to Voodoo 201 is 101, which basically is pretty much a very um, historical, and this is, these are some of the things you use, types of um, a class, and, you know, because it's an ancestral class, practice the hoodoo courses, although we have uh, quite quite a few we're getting ready to offer and um, several that don't require pe- you to be a person of color, but the hoodoo classes are, because right. um, I feel like I could best teach that. I'm not sure how to teach anybody else's ancestral practice. So, you know, usually a person takes that or, and, or has a need where they want to learn this in depth. And so they, they can contact me and I ask that they um, wait to purchase until I do a divination. And that's about 50-50 of the people who apply actually are able to come here because sometimes my ancestors tell me no. And they tell me for different reasons. Usually it's not against the person. Right. It's with something that's going on in their life right now that they need. they, they don't need to be traveling during that time. Um, and so what happens is, is the ladies come in on Friday night. They leave on Sunday night or Monday morning. And when they arrive, we hand them a box full of empty bottles and jars. And throughout the course of the weekend, I teach them how to make waters, oils, colognes, sachet powders. You know, the first thing we do is the working route. They learn how to um, the, for the whole formulation for all the for, for all of the iterations. They they make their herb mixture first, and then they also learn how to make their own Florida water. Um, and so, and we go over while they're working. They're asking questions. We're looking at. Uh, herbal books and other reference items. We're at, we're answering questions constantly about anything they wanted to know about magic. So it's kind of it's not really a retreat because we work and then Sunday we rip and run everywhere to like the international market, the dollar store because I'm showing them where they can get all this stuff. And the international market is really good, especially for a lot of ATR stuff. Shadow's in the background dropping shit. She can't sit down <laughs> while I'm doing this interview. She just got to be up clanking bottles and shit. <laughs> well, that happens. <laughs> so, because uh, you know, the, the, the hoodoo party don't stop. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, of course. Um, yeah. Now, and so we- I like the fact that before you accept people, you divine. You know, oh, because God, I yes. think it's important to just not take on anybody <laughs> you know i and people do yeah. they have their own issues their own you know i don't want to say problems all the time but well some of them do we've spirits, had a few problem children who have been advised they can't never come back here <laughs> well you find that all over you know but i think sometimes you know if you go through divination prior to doing any kind of teaching yes. you know to find out is that person in the right place spiritually, mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally? You know, mm-hmm. is this what their ancestors want them to follow? Because sometimes, you know, we get it stuck in our own head that, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this. And then you really don't know why you want to do this. You're infatuated possibly with, you know, a certain path. And your ancestors may have a completely different idea. Yeah, you know, you I often wonder about people that go against their ancestral path and and just, you know, choose something completely off the mark and what their ancestors must think. You know, to me, without talking to them, it's just like 
you know, if my mom was still alive and my dad's still alive, you know, I'm still going to ask them things and treat them with respect. I'm going to ask maybe, you know, what they think when it's the real serious stuff. Like when my basement flooded, my dad's a home remodeler. I called my daddy. So my whole thing is, yeah, I don't understand how, um, first of all, people don't divine and talk to their ancestors and their spirits first. And then, you know, uh, it seems that a lot of people just want to hightail it into things that their ancestors have really no spot in, you know. And so that that creates problems for the person who initiates because there is a path for them and there's a right place for them that's going to resonate with them. And the same paths that everybody else is doing or what looks like is popular at the time may not necessarily be what's right for you. And I find a lot of people get disillusioned with magic. First of all, they don't believe it works. Well, you're doing it wrong. And secondly, they, you know, it's just their life has not been good since they've made des- certain decisions on their spiritual path. Yeah, we get stuck in our own headspace sometimes. You know, it's just like there are things I would love to learn, but I know it's all in my head. You know, it's what I actually want rather than what my spirits think are going to be good for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the thing. It's like I couldn't have avoided voodoo if I tried. Trust me, I try. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, from the very beginning, because the spirits were in my house. I didn't know they were voodoo spirits at the time. My mentors were also my photography mentors because I was a professional photographer. And then until, you know, hoodoo and voodoo took over my life. Um, And and, uh, they came over and they were like, no, 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 honey. These are your ancestors. In fact, this one is a voodoo spirit, you know. And it was the Baron, one of the Barons anyway. (laughs) And so, you know, they gave me a book. And it just felt like home. You know, I don't know. I could never see my, you know, myself not being on this path. And, And it's because it was spirit led. It was you know, nothing that I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't even know about it. It wasn't like a negative thing or anything. It was just, I didn't know. And once I found out, and then I've read about other paths, especially other ATRs. And, and, and it's funny because my spirit says, my soul says, oh, that sounds nice. But I don't, you know, I read stories about them. I make sure that I understand because it's all a very, it's like, it's like a clock. ATRs are like a clock. We're all different gears. Yes. You know, some some people, depending on their ATR, believe that they're the bigger gear. But I just look back to West African voodoo and I'm like, that's the gear. That's that's the one that, you know, can stop the clock. So I look at the rest of us as um, the derivatives of that. And, you know, it's just this is the one that I fit into. There's a lot of ATRs that have prohibitions on sexuality yes. and um, and and your your preference and your uh even your gender identification and your uh, sexual orientation and me being a bisexual woman, uh, no. And then there's also, I think, you know, for me, it's not for everybody, certain limitations and other practices on women, whereas voodoo is one of those equal opportunity employers, I like to say. (laughs) So, you know, it makes me feel at home. And it was funny because one of the girls who's interested in initiation was messaging me and she was like, can you tell me where I can find a good voodoo house? I was like, yeah, mine. And she was just like, (laughs) oh, my God. And then she was like, you know, it just feels like home and I know I need to do this. And I said, I understand because that's the way it felt for me. 
Um, so, you know, you, that's the thing. It's like this practice, magic, divination, uh, the occult, different re- pagan religious paths, number one, is not for the weak of heart. Okay, because there'd be some shit that happens. Uh, lots of shit that happens. <laughs> um, you know, uh, if you don't want spirits walking around your house and, you know, making their presence really, really known, this may not be the life for you. Um, you know, and it's just, it's a lot of work. You know, I never had to attend altars and feast days and take this bath and that bath and be humble and obedient. Hell, Christianity looks like preschool compared to being in an ATR, and I don't think people understand that. It's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of work. I mean, people mm-hmm. don't realize how much time, effort, and money, you know, that Ooh. we continually invest in our spiritual beings, in our altars, in serving the Loa or the Orisha. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, it, it, it all costs money, and it all comes out of our own pocket, you know, and it all comes out of the love and the heart that we have for, you know, these traditions. Yeah. You know? you know, well, the lovely thing is if you do have an EIN number and you got a legitimate business, some of these supplies and, you know, initiation fees could possibly be covered. Contact your tax advisor because, <laughs> you know, um, I also did not intend for this business to blow up like it did. It was my little Etsy store. And um, between August 2016 and August 2017, I've shipped over a thousand orders. And that is a lot for me, considering I'd only done, you know, maybe 50 in the years before, you know. So it's and it keeps getting more and more and more and more. So I like the fact that some of this. Some of it can be a tax write-off, you know, because these, these churches out here, they're dictating social policy and politics, and they're tax-exempt. Oh, I understand. So it's, pardon? I said, oh, no, I understand that. Yeah, you know. and, you know, I encourage everybody who is a pagan, who has some type of, even if it's a divination business, you know, get you a universal light church ordination and get yourself you know, the appropriate legal tax shelters, because, you know, it's really kind of crazy how these churches are not taxed, but yet we are. And we are spending a lot of money and a lot of time on this work. So, you know, you gotta, you know, it's it's one of those things that's kind of like the, uh, the temperance card where I always (laughs) got to have my foot, one foot in the water and the other foot on the ground. Yes. (laughs) So tell us about, your style of divination and what it is that you use your divinations for? You know, um, I am, I tell people right away, especially if they've never had another reading. Like, let me tell you, I'm not going to channel the spirit of your dead grandma. I'm not going to start speaking in tongues. You're going to be very, very surprised about how down to earth and uh, life coachy this type of reading that I give is because my spirits, they don't play. Can I, can I curse? Because you know I curse all the time. I don't have any issues with that PG? fucking at all. What'd you say? <laughs> I said I don't fucking have any issues with that at all. Okay, all right. Because I was <laughs> going to say I don't fuck <clears throat> around. And I have had people hang up on me. I have had people holler at me. And I'll be like, you know what? You can be mad all you want to, but I didn't know a thing about you before you bought this reading. And I am reading you for filth because your ancestors are sitting here telling all your goddamn business. So either you're going to sit here and figure out a way because I don't. Some people predict the future with their cards. I've actually watched um, 
uh, Dr. Kaeli at the Voodoo Store, I've seen him do that. That's not my reading style. My reading style is here you are. This is where you fucked up. This is where you did well. This is what's going to happen if you keep fucking up or if you keep doing well. And this is the most likely outcome. But all of those things can be changed. And that's the big thing that I find different about my divination style, maybe with other people's divination style. A lot of times people walk away from a divination and they come to me as a root worker and say, you know, I'm, I'm basically fucked. And I need you to unfuck me. And I'm like, well, did the reader tell you if there was any alternative, especially if this is something that's going to happen in the future? You know, and usually the answer is no. And so, like, sitting down with me is like sitting down with Medea. You ever you watch any oh, of those yes. Medea movies? <laughs> you know, I don't like uh, his coonery, but Medea is every woman in my family. And we've been reading people without cards for centuries. <laughs> you know, it's like, look, you know, it's like shit or get off the pot. You know, no, and exactly. that's why I talk to people about their magical, you know, they're worried about what people are going to think and all this other stuff. And a lot of times people come to me, they think they've been hexed or cursed. And really, they just messing themselves up. Yes, uh, that I'll agree with, because, you know, a lot of people create their own crap. They create their own problems, situations. They dig themselves deeper into a hole. And yes. it's important that people understand that you do have different types and styles of readers. And mm-hmm. I'm not putting any you know, fortune teller or reader down. You, know, you have those that are very good and very gifted at foretelling things that are going to come. And then you have spiritual readers and advisors that mm-hmm. work with you to help change your life, make your life better, lift you up, give you whatever, I'll call it prescriptions, um, that you may need, whether it be things to change in your life, you know, how to act differently, whether you have to go for therapy courses, <laughs> whether you have to see a right. counselor, whether you need to do spiritual baths if it's on a particular path. You know, mm-hmm. these are all things that are completely different than just going for a reading, you know. Right. I, and I think that people don't know that. They don't understand that. It's like, wait a minute. I, I want you to. I, I think sometimes and I, the, one, the people that get hostile and get upset is they came to me looking for someone else to blame. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people also just want a quick answer. You know, the yeah. quick fix. You know, it's like, hey, this is what's wrong. Fix it. Right, right. And it's usually never that easy. You know, um, human lives are in complex. Just everything that we do as a human being, even, you know, if you've got a very small family, something that you do has a direct ripple effect on other people. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that. And not only that they, that, that what you do can have an impact on others because there are people looking at you, especially if you have children. But also what I think that people are not looking at is that, you know, um, the other people can have an effect on you. But the thing is, is at what point, like you said, I, I, I'm telling you, man, um, I have to say like every other reading have you seen a therapist? Um, and they don't expect that from a reader. They expect no. me to give them a bunch of herbs and roots and kill a chicken and drag it over their body and be done. And it's that's really not how any of this works. 
No, I mean, sometimes that could be called for, but yeah, it's yeah. not the norm. Usually, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not the norm. You know, I find that a lot of people sometimes have an issue with accepting their roles in whatever problem they have. And, yeah. you know, let's face it, a lot of people, we have issues sometimes seeing our own faults. It's like, yeah. I guess that's the reason why some people who aren't quite there yet will go to an AA meeting <laughs> because you got to start somewhere. But it's like I've often asked myself, you, you wanted a reading, right? That's that's why you're here. You wanted somebody to give you some insight, right? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, well, I'm giving you insight, but you arguing with me. I mean, obviously, you spent this kind of money because either you read, heard or was told somewhere that I'm a competent uh, diviner. So at what point are you going to listen? And then there's some people, they just don't. And, but there's some people, I swear I was, I have this one reader down, one, one client down South. And when I first met her, she was overweight. Her house wasn't being taken care of. She wasn't being taken care of. She wasn't taking care of herself. And when I gave her her reading and I let her know know all the things that she needed to do to take control of her life again, first and foremost, getting back uh, into her spirituality, you know, maintaining her altars, doing spell work to help herself out, give herself a push. I thought I got off the phone. I told my apprentice at the time that woman didn't listen to me. She's not going to do a single thing. She contacted me three months later, just like I told her to. And she had lost like 50 pounds. Her hair was done. Her nails were done. And I just wanted to cry. And I told her, I said, I didn't think you were going to do anything I told you to do. I thought that you were just going to go back into your hole and emotionally and physically die. And she was like, nope, because I didn't want to die. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, it takes a life altering event or message, you know, to. Yeah, yeah. Shake yeah. the living crap out of somebody and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. wake up!" I had I had a client come to me on her twenty seventh birthday one and saying that she she wasn't married and had children by thirty she was going to kill herself. And I was reading in Baltimore at the time, uh, visiting a shop there. I cursed that girl full the fuck out. I was just like, um, "Let me tell you something, little girl." <laughs> and I went in on her. And then after I went in on her. I told her everything she needed to do to get her life right. Three months later, she writes me a letter and tells me how that reading saved her life. So that's why I love hearing stories like that. You know, those few, and I'll say few because, you know, you can't help everybody, but those very few that, you know, stand up, come back to you and say, hey, what you did made a difference and you changed me. And it's not about me patting myself on the back or you patting yourself on the back. It's the looking at that other person and seeing how far they've come from where they were and that they have completely changed and lifted themselves up. Yeah. That's what we're here for. I mean, people, you know, a lot of people start practicing either, not so much for divining, but definitely being root workers, you know, with the idea of how they can get ahead either through the spell work or through the clients. And that's, you know, you got to make a buck to actually, you know, have all uh, the stuff that you need to do for a practice. But at the same time, that if that's your motivation, you're going to be sadly disappointed for probably a number of years, if ever, because very few people become 
really, really successful at this type of work. And that's because it's a gift. Gifts aren't given to everybody, but everybody may want to do it. The same thing was with photography. I became a professional photographer. Everybody named mama got a camera and was going to be a professional photographer. But those <laughs> people, there was a lot of people who was like, no. They even created a group called You Are Not a Photographer, putting up <laughs> bad, bad work that people had on their business Facebook pages. So, you know, you got to look at this like, first of all, I don't look at divination as my own personal power. Right. I look at divination as a gift of communication with my ancestors. And if I'm really blessed and open with my querents ancestors, sometimes my querents ancestors don't show up, but mine do. Mine always do. And they'd be like, look, this person's on some shit or you know, my my family, which doesn't always have the best reputation for being cuddly, <laughs> they will pull my coat. They'll be like, no, no, this person is damaged. You got to go real easy on this person. And they help me. I mean, you know, all of that, all of that stuff where you talking about how your spirit feels and how something just I hate when people say that. Something just told me, fool, your ancestors told you, your spirits told you, idiot. If you got to say my guardian angel, somebody told you, not something, somebody told you. And people don't get that. So that's why you have levels to this. You know, you got your muggles. I was like, oh, was laughing at me. I'm like, we don't ever have muggles here. I don't know. I think we scare muggles. But, um, we, you know, you got you got your squibs. People that came from magical people but don't really have it at all, which is kind of sad because that's like being, you know, they look at that like as a disability, you know, magical people. It's like, what happened to you? And then you've got people who are skilled with some things. And I think I'm, I'm there. I'm skilled with some things. And then you got folks that's got everything. And I don't know if that comes through initiation or if they were always like that. But those are the people that are ideal and picked by the ancestors to become priests and priestesses. And yes. you can't say no when you're called like that. You can try. You can try, <laughs> but I always tell my uh, students, you're going to end up like Jonah. You're going to end up in the belly of the whale, and your belly may not be so nice. Or you end know. up like me, standing there. Pardon? The, I said, or like me. You know, feeling like you're standing there at the bank of a raging river, just watching everything go by, like you're getting ready to tip your toe in that hot bath water to test it, and then spirit mm-hmm. and then comes and in. just kicks you right in the <laughs> ass and knocks you dead in the center and goes, Damn. have a fun ride. Right, right. Enjoy. <laughs> you could have done this the easy way. You chose to do it the hard way. So, yeah, you know, I'm that's I always try to tell my students, don't. I told my daughter this, but my daughter's a teenager. She says, we want to learn some things the hard way. I'm like, why don't you want to learn smart? Why don't you want to learn from somebody who's been more experienced and been through it? You know? Well, you know, sometimes we have to go through it. You know, sometimes we can't just be given information or given teachings without going through those hard phases in life, which actually forge us. You know, yeah. and temper and yeah. make us stronger. So I think she's you know, on a really good, you know, mindset on wanting to do it that way. 
yeah, I get it, but not in the way my teenager was saying it. But I, <laughs> you know, I get that. And I'll say, you know, I, I often look back because I had all this stuff available to me. My master's degree is in literature and with concentration in black female writers. I read Toni Morrison, Zora Neale Hurston, Alice Walker, all of, oh God, Gloria Naylor. I read Mama Day. Yeah, I knew it was uh, root work. But I just the importance of it all didn't hit me, even though it was it really did hit me because, you know, that that was a story. Don't let everybody do your hair. And if you haven't read that book, you should. I was on the floor crying when it was over. But at the same time, I didn't read it from a magical perspective. And so, um, you know, I think about when I was younger, I'm like, man, I I could have been doing this, man. I would love to have 20 years under my belt. And then, you know, my ancestors was like, Fulio, remember what you was like when you was in your 20s? Do you remember who you were married to when you were in your 20s? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no. And, you know, because you got to. I mean, the reason I, I can identify with a lot of my clients is because I've been through it. Right. I, I, I tell them straight away, no judge. You know, I've done, I, I've done no judgment. I've done a lot of, you know, good, good, great shit and good shit and nice shit and uh, OK. And some I've done some fucked up shit. And so. I can say, you know, hey, I understand it. I'll even tell them my stories. This is what I did. And that was not really the way I would really needed to go. I also (laughs) talk about the reasons for things. People have gotten very uh, emotional lately. You know, now I heard they're taking the N word out of, uh, I think it was Tom Sawyer, Mark Twain's book. And, you know, that's not exactly what we need to do to end racism. People are always trying to fix all of the wrong things. Yeah, and well, that's they try, the thing. They try to you erase know, the, what the, they the don't blame understand. and the stuff right in front of your face. Yeah, you know, they try to erase things that they think offend, without right. realizing and that's not that by doing offensive that, is institutional also, racism, not a book. Yeah, but they they also don't realize that when they do that, they're not erasing an issue; they're making it worse. Right. That's but like then saying they'll gaslight you you're not black. You that you're making it worse. You know, or that's like, I don't see black. You mean Man. you don't see black? It's a beautiful <laughs> color. <laughs> that's a sure way to get cussed out. I'm colorblind. <laughs> no, and that's the other thing. There are beautiful things about cultures. Yes. It's not, not just black culture. There are all these all different cultures. cultures in the world and with so many amazing and beautiful things. Now, one thing I can say is what I really enjoy is we were in all of it. You know, I looked at pictures of Africans in China the yes. other night. I can see blonde haired, blue eyed Africans. I'm looking at them in Australia and everywhere and everywhere we've been colonialized. We've been there for all of those things. So that's why I feel really comfortable exploring different types of magic um, looking at different cultures, even eating, you know, eating food and things like that. You know, um, I feel a place all over the world at the same time as a weird dichotomy because as black people, there's really no place for us in this world, even in where we were, where we originated. You know, um, you know, one of the things uh, Shadow and I was talking about, you know, this whole thing about getting into magic for me was a matter of matter of my racial consciousness, which has always been intact. I've always been um, 
a social justice warrior since I was in my 20s. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that I see on the Internet, it's not new to me. But one of the things that I was telling Shadow is like, you know, where, you know, where in the world can we go and be safe? And then on top of that, let's not throw witch on top of it because <laughs> they'll kill your ass just as quick in Africa from being a witch than they will it probably quicker you know than any place else and it's like wh- how did we get there how did missionaries and Christianity poison the minds of the very people who created this you know how did they take all of your magic and replace it with basically sit listen and obey yeah it's it, it's and it's not just Christianity. You know, I see that in, you know, other traditions too. I see that in trying to make people conform. You know, yeah, and I don't forget see it so much in the ATRs power. though. I see it in no. the Abrahamic religions. Yes. You know. You know. Um, you know, when I say Christians, I'm that, lumping them all together. Huh? You know, it's, well, <laughs> I, I don't lump them all together, but it, it's, I'm it's the same. I'm being facetious. Yeah. But I mean, you say... And you look at some of them, and it's not as much about somebody's own personal power. It's not about, you know, drawing upon the energies that create us. Right. It's more as be docile, you know? Yeah. 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 Sheep. We're sheep. They literally say it in the word, in the Bible, anyway. We're sheep. And we're supposed to mind our place. As a diviner, what wisdom tips or anything could you give our listeners to help them become better readers and diviners? Well, I think that the first thing, sorry, I dropped something. Um, The first thing is no, people always want to say that, you know, they're spirit led in readings. The cards have a meaning for a reason. Yes. Okay. Now, what I want people to realize is that they need to know those meanings left and right. And the reason why is, no, it's not because you're going to cold read somebody with information that's from the cards. But what's going to happen is if you are a diviner and you've been given this gift and spirit shows up with a message as it pertains to that particular card or the way the, the whole spread is, you got to be ready to receive that information and translate it to the reading. And so if you don't know the meanings of the cards, then you are going to have a very difficult time when spirit is coming and talking to you and telling you something because it's going to be too much at once. Um, And um, try different things as far as divination is concerned, because we got bones, we've got even oracle cards, we've got runes, uh, different types of shells, different types of traditions, um, you know, try scrying um i have a a witch in my circle that's a fire scryer she reads in fire oh i love fire scrying (laughs) yeah she reads in fire and there's another girl in my circle she dances with fire read for at least a hundred people before putting up a people always putting up facebook stores and they don't have any clients and i'm like okay can you help me out here okay do you what are your services um, how much do they cost? Where's your website? You know, because this is the way you do business. Um, and, you know, it's like, 
you know, you, you don't have all that. And, and so, you know, it's okay just to be a diviner. It, you know, you know, I think there's this pressure to go out here and be internet famous and be well known. And for, and once you get there, and that's another thing for the beginning diviner, it's draining. Yes. I, I just recently had to tell people, you know what, I'm going to sit down here for a minute. And primarily because I read for a lot of hard headed ass young people. You know, they they just are stuck in doing what they're doing. And I'm trying to let them know, look, while you're young, get this under control, take care of this, whether it's an initiation that you need to have, whether it's people in your life that you need to have in your life or get rid of, whether it's a career that you've chosen. Maybe you need to make some moves or the place where you're living. You know, people um, are in a lot of prisons and a lot of them are personal. And so um, and it's, it's hard, you know, because it, people say, well, don't get all caught up in your work. This is a little different than, say, being a social worker or even a police officer, because you're calling on their ancestors. You're calling on spirits to tell somebody something. So when they get up in you, you know, it's, it takes a lot getting them back up out of you. And being able maybe even to shake off some more of the disturbing things about the reading because you've made a serious spiritual connection. It's not just a job. No. You know, you've typed into, you've tapped into this person's pipeline. Your own ancestors are there. And, you know, also another thing is don't read for people who are resistant. If they are coming to you and they don't really, if if the words out of their mouth is, well, you know, I don't really believe in this. Tell them to go on. Yep. Because I agree 100%. Spirits, right. Spirits don't want anybody that doesn't listen to them. But I love it when I loved it when that happened to me the first time I was at Pagan Pride Chicago and a guy came up to me and told me what he didn't believe in. And I read him for filth. I read I was killing him softly with my song. Telling the whole world. <laughs> and he was, his friend was sitting there because I'm like, you really don't want your friend sitting here for this. Oh, he can stay. He can stay. And he was like, dude, can, can you get up and uh, go get something to eat or something? I'll get back with you. That's because I was telling all of his business. I'm like, well, your ancestor said you did this, this and this. And why did you hit your girlfriend last weekend? And he was just like, that's when he asked his boy to get up. He was like, okay, well, you got to go because we got to talk about this. <laughs> How yeah. do you know I hit my girlfriend? <laughs> you know, I think it's important for, you know, any diviner, especially new ones, to understand that you need to know your own limitations. You know, you got to learn to walk before you can run. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to learn those meanings, you know, before you can connect those with spirit messages. You know, your intuition is a wonderful gift. And it works in conjunction with the cards that helps to open things up, you know, but if you're just jumping into things, you know, take a step back, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, like with me and the bones, you know, I started with Robert Lucas's ancestor healing kit and I'm looking at it and, you know, not a whole lot of pieces, but a whole lot going on. And I had to say, wow. you know, this is a bit too much for me. I need to set <laughs> myself back and I need to start from the ground up and get a handle on just reading the bones without the quadrants, without the medicine, without the colors, the directions. You know, we all have to start someplace and we have to understand that, look, 
sometimes where we want to be isn't where we are. Right. And that can be up or down because, you know, it's like, you know, I wake up in the morning sometimes and I'll be like, um, this is my life. You know, it's like I I, I, you know, if somebody had told me, you know, 10 years ago, um, you know, you're going to be doing psychic readings, I'd have been like, oh, man, I believed in psychics, but I'm like, I ain't had a psychic thought in my life. But that's <laughs> the thing. We have been so trained not to listen to our intuition that people actually have to go to readers. Think yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Because but- if we all... We wouldn't have anything to do. Divinity. We wouldn't have. Yeah, we wouldn't have any clients. I'd I'd be missing several thousand dollars a year. Okay, (laughs) because but, you know, and I don't mind that, though. You know, I would rather have people tap into their own divinity, which is why I teach people how to do root work or crystal magic or we teach them how to read playing cards because. Man, when the rubber hits the road and the shit hits the bricks and I need an immediate answer, I just can't call up my reader. And I do have a reader um, and be like, hey, because my reader is more popular than I am. You know, they'd be <laughs> like, oh, you have to get with me next week, you know. Um, and so I, you need to be able to do a quick spot. Yes or no type of reading, whether it's a pendulum playing cards, you can even do it with tarot cards, but yep. you need to be able to pull as a magical being um, to make decisions. Yeah. And you shouldn't yep. have to pay for that every single time. People don't, they make a, the wrong delineation. They want, excuse me, the hiccups. They want to say that we should not be paid as professional readers because it's a gift. Nah, you should not have to pay if you know how to do readings, you can read for yourself. You know, that's that's you know, that's how you use your gift for that. But like mechanics have gifts. I can't fix no flat tire, can you? Hey, I can't change painters the have gifts, plumbers yeah. have gifts, you know, doctors, the best lawyers, I mean they're all gifted at what they do. It, and they not get paid just the education that makes them gifted. I know a lot of really stupid, smart people. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I don't think that's gifted. I think that's, you know, I don't even know if that's even intelligent. That's somebody who very uh, easily follows commands. No matter if the commands are, you know, how to bake a a cake. They they very easily know how to follow along. And so that's that's not a gift. But you're right. There are gifted surgeons. There are gifted. There are some painters like I just bought myself an easel. And I've got some acrylic paints, and I've been watching Bob Ross, and I'm going to try to paint something. But what's always kept me from doing it is a fear that I was going to mess up. And doing this type of work, you know, you learn how to let go of fear. You really learn how to, because you're already well informed. You don't have to fear what you already know. And even the stuff that you don't know, it turns into a challenge to know it. That is true. You know, you just, I'm like, I've bought so many magical books. And you'll, you'll come to my house and see a bookmark in this one and a bookmark in that one. Because I want to read them all, but I don't have time to always finish all of them. 
So, you know, I'm, I'm working to restructure my life a little bit. I'm taking this little bit of break from reading because I like to be back in the room more. Um, I, you know, I create all the formulations. Shadow, um, will, you know, sometimes mixes them and then I charge them and she packages them. But I'm in, I'm in my office a lot. Yes. I'm, you know, or I'm reading or I'm making labels and stuff and I'm not and I'm buying stuff for the store. So I just like to come in here um, and make stuff, you know, and get back to working with my hands, which I also I tell all of my clients this um, and, and readers, diviners need to know this. Another piece of advice, learn how to make things with your hands, because it is a really excellent tool for depression it can actually create a passion in you that will make you get out of the bed every day um and i think everybody needs that everybody we call it a hobby a passion a life a goal call it whatever you wish but you know have it and don't live in the spirit of fear no you can't i mean there's no way there's no life in living in fear you miss out on so many great things you know, I force myself, you know, I tell, I'm shy, even though I have a big mouth, you know, I force myself to go to places, to be around people. I force myself even sometimes to go on the radio, you know, <laughs> if you can believe it, you know, it's yeah, one of those things yeah, for me. I, I have social, can. I have social issues and it's, I don't let it stop me. It's like, you know, if I make an ass of myself, hey. I make an ass of myself. I can laugh at myself. That's all good. You know? Right. I try to tell people every day. Um, I mess something up every day. I messed up like three sheets of labels doing dumb shit last night. Those, those things aren't cheap. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I, you know, you make mistakes. You mess up. But it's but I tell my clients all the time. It ceases being a mistake when you do it the next time. Yes. Because, you know, it's not right. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you know, divination. You're never going to be 100%. You know, sometimes things are going to change because it's not being told at the moment for a particular reason. Mm-hmm. You know, spirits, you know, you got a gentle person that needs their advice given to them, I'll say in a time fashion, because sometimes they can only take one chunk of it at a time. Yeah, so that's true. Like ready. I had clients that we did their reading in a half an hour, but they bought an hour reading. I said, well, we're good. So take care of that. And then in a few weeks, a month or so, come back and let's, let's use your other half an hour. And if nothing has uh, transpired on what we talked about today, give that some more time. But let's let's move on and uh, do a reading maybe about something else that may have something to do with your issue. Right. So, yeah, yeah, sometimes you have to – and sometimes there's only been a couple times in my life, and it was only with relatives, that I could not tell them everything I had to tell them because I knew them well enough as members of my family that, that some of that stuff you don't recover from. And so, like, I haven't had to do that with one of my clients, but when I've read for members of my family, I'm like, I can't even tell them this because this will this will really set them back. Yeah, my I've ancestors won't let me do that, that with clients, though. Yeah, I've <laughs> had clients where my ancestors have told me, "Yeah, tread softly, don't mention this." You know, we'll get to mentioning that when they're in that correct state of mind, 
and yeah. they can accept it to move forward. And that sometimes takes a while. You know? Yeah. So it's not always that a reader's not correct as much as it is sometimes certain things can't be revealed right then and there. You know? Yeah. And that is fine. And then, yeah. Sometimes my spirit's be like, nope, not telling you that. And I'm like, why? They're like, nope, move on. You know, it's not even for me to know. Well, it'll be told to you when the time's right. <laughs> right, exactly. But they're like, we're not doing that today. This is what we're doing today, which has also happened during my readings. And don't get, if you're a beginning uh, diviner, don't get unnerved if the questions that the querent are asking you are not the questions that the spirits are answering. Because spirits like, nope, they don't, that is not the problem. This is the problem. And then you start reading on it and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because often a woman will come to me and say, and there's and and women that do, that do this. And they're like, well, I need to know whether or not I need to stay with my man. And I said, because you have already had to ask this question, you already know the answer to it. Yes. So can we do a reading about something you don't know the answer to? Like, how are you going to get away from this man? Or <laughs> why are you still with him in the first place? What is it about you that makes you stay with somebody you got to ask questions about? Exactly. You know, people don't realize that as a diviner, you know, or as a spiritual advisor, we don't always ask the exact question that you're asking me. We look at where the root cause is coming from. You know, mm-hmm. it's not so much, oh, does he love me? Why are you asking? <laughs> do you love yourself? You know, am I going to lose my job? Why do you think you're going to lose your job? You know, because you trifling. <laughs> well, no, that, but that's it, you know. And sometimes they come in thinking that they want to know about their love life or their career, but they're really coming in with a completely different reason altogether. And they may know it and they may not know it. I've had some clients yes. bite back at me because they're like, that's not why I'm here. And I'm just like, I don't care why you're here. <laughs> this is what you're here for. This is what, not why. <laughs> this is what your spirits and your ancestors need you to know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, you and do get those. sometimes it's hard. And sometimes you have to, you know, just work with that and say, look, we can either do what's showing up and tell you everything that ancestors are telling you. Once we're done, we can go back to your question. Right. But this is prevalent right now. We need to right. know. You know. And as that diviner, you have to be able to tell the client that, hey, this is how I work. Right. And that's I start the reading with that. Like I told you before, I explained to them, this is not going to be anything ooky spooky, speaking in tongues, a bunch of hoo boo 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 like you've seen on television. That's <laughs> not how I roll, homie. And I tell them, I'm like, I'm straightforward. I'm blunt. I'm going to give you what you ask for. In fact, people come to me and say, such and such referred me and they already told me that you're a little uh, mean. And I'm like, I'm not mean. I'm real. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I hope that they would know what to expect. Well, I like the word mean because, you know, if they're still coming, <laughs> thinking I'm mean, I know they're ready for whatever I'm going to tell them, whatever spirit has to say, and however it's going to be said. Yeah, I just don't like those ones you caught off, get caught off guard, and I'm like, wait a minute, 
have you ever watched a Facebook live that I've done? Um, how'd you find <laughs> out about me? Cause boo boo, I don't know. You came here, uh, wanting to sing Mary had a little lamb and I'm going to sing. We will rock you. So <laughs> what's going on here, boo? <laughs> hey, so tell us how our wonderful audience can get a hold of you. If they are looking to get a reading or if they're looking to study with you, um, I know you have your particulars and, you know, certain things you will only teach to certain types of people um, and that you also divine prior to any teaching. So what, how can they get a hold of you? They can go to BigLizConjure.com. You, if you go to the reading and divination section, you'll see that everything's sold out because right now I'm trying to conceptualize a mentorship program. Because what I'm finding lately is a lot of my readers don't, I mean, my clients don't need uh, a reading. They want to know about their place spiritually with magic. So I'm going to help people explore those things. And I'm going to sit back from the readings for a minute. But if you go under the classes link, you'll see who, excuse me, Hoodoo 101, 102, and 103. Hoodoo 101 is the introduction uh, to Hoodoo. 102 is Candle Magic, 103 is Container Magic, and those, the hoodoo courses are for people of color, but we have Crystal Magic on there, we're going to have Crystal Grid Magic next, we've offered uh, trans, uh, trance classes before, um, the playing card divination, all of those courses are open to everybody, and of course all of the products that I sell, and you can email me at Liz at BigLizConjure.com, Liz at BigLizConjure.com. You can find me on Facebook, Elizabeth Roof, and you can follow me there. You can catch my live videos. And, um, yeah, and I'm on YouTube and Twitter and Tumblr, and it's all <laughs> big, and Instagram, it's all Big Liz Conjure. Now, I hear that you may also be having a bone reading course coming. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the instructor is taking care of some of their own coursework that they're doing, but they're very well known and yes. I am excited and people, I've got about 50 students. So that's going to be another thing too. Um, not only in the um, having the class set up, but getting the kits together should people want to buy kits from us rather than building their own. So yes. that's something that's going to be big. And then another thing, and I haven't had a chance to have the meeting with the people who are interested, is I am planning a Black Spirituality online conference. And Ooh. I got that idea from the Mindfulness and Meditation Conference, and everybody attended online. Nobody had nice. to travel. It was a beautiful thing. And you get the same things that you would get from a regular conference. So we're going to have people speaking on all different types of spirituality and things that affect us as people of color, you know, um, that are in the spiritual community. And it's going to be everything from really like answering how to run a business panels of successful people in business to explaining what Arisha are to people just to open up all different types of breakout sessions. Cause you can afford that when you don't have to pay for the room yes. um, <laughs> for all these different topics. So 
I, I, that's something I want to get to this weekend because there is a whole list of elders in the community that are going to help with that. So I'm thinking that's going to take about a year to build. It's going to be at least six months for the bone class. I know that um, unless the kit that the instructor suggests is extremely hard to find. So that's something things we're working on. But we're going to work on, you know, if you're a qualified instructor of anything in magic, I would love people that were interested in teaching certain topics of tradition witchcraft and spell casting and spell writing and magical uh, geometry. Anybody that's an expert on those things can contact me. I take a very small administrative fee from the people who teach for me and give you the rest. It's usually 10, 20 percent. I keep I give you the rest. And um, that's because I have my own you know, expenses with running the business. So um, I'm looking for for qualified instructors and the way they would get the the gig is to teach me. So, you know, I've been a teacher for, oh God, almost 30 years. And so um, (laughs) I know a good teacher when I see one. (laughs) Well, I would hope you do. So (laughs) we're almost coming to an end. I wanted to give a shout out to, you know, Adriana Roman and Owen Ballard and Asov Ade. I'm probably mispronouncing that name. um, (laughs) (laughs) Who've joined us live in the chat room. Um, As well as to mention for our listeners, you know, another show that runs, that has actually been running for a very long time, um, Candela's Corner by Candela Cambisa, as well as it's 12 o'clock somewhere with Candela Cambisa and Robert Lucas of Ancestor Healing. Don't forget to check out also the Big Apple Conjure Gala 2018. They will be hosting their very first um, Conjure Gala in April of 2018, right in the heart of Brooklyn. So thank you all for joining us. If you have questions, please feel free to hit me up on Facebook at Michael Lennon. And Elizabeth, I've had a wonderful time. I'm so glad that you joined us today. Well, thank you. I enjoyed myself as well, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Oh, you know I'm going to keep in touch with you, boo. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, have a wonderful night, and we will see you next Thursday. Bye-bye.